Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Grant and Danny welcoming you back on 106 Severin the Fan. Eric Eager is going to join us coming up here in just a couple of moments. We're tracking him down. Covers the National Football League. Was at Pro Football Focus for a long time and has moved on to another outlet. There are four quarterbacks left in the NFL postseason, and very, very different backgrounds for those guys to get where they've gotten in the league. You got Brock Purdy, who's the final pick in this year's draft, Mr. Irrelevant, a seventh-rounder in the NFC, playing against Jalen Hurts, a second-rounder, who was taken as a backup, maybe to, to motivate or put a little pressure on Carson Wentz, who has since flourished and become the guy in Philly. Then on the other side, you got your Blue Bloods. Patrick Mahomes, top 10 lottery pick, who is the best quarterback in the National Football League, sat for a full year unlike most QBs, was not drafted at the top of the board, wasn't top three or top five, was right at the back end of the top 10, and then Burrow, who was 1-1, which is kind of the way you normally would draw it up in pencil. But isn't it fascinating that here we are with four teams, we always try to take something out of who's left and what we see. There's no one way to do this. No. I I mean, the the easiest way, and I put that in quotes because it's not easy. It's hard to find these guys. The simplest thing to do is if you just get the star. If you find that star, the other things start to work out, and it just sort of, you know, it all, it all comes into place. So it's the easiest because you only have to get one thing right. The other way, though, is if you find a guy that's, you know, outkicks his, outperforms his draft status, aka the last pick in the draft, or a second rounder who I think was the fifth or sixth quarterback taken, you get legitimate, bona fide starting quarterback caliber play from him, your roster can be pretty damn good pretty quick. Eric Eager, we talked about, good friend of the show for a long time, one of the sharper analytics and research and developers covering football, joins us now. You can follow him on social at Eric Eager underscore. Eric, thanks for a few minutes. We were just talking about these final four quarterbacks and how they all have have walked various paths to get to this point. I think it's sometimes to be dangerous trying to make, make big points or have big takeaways out of like who's left in the NFL at the end of any season. But uh, what do you make when you look at these quarterbacks in the field that are still standing? Yeah, I think, it, you know, obviously in the AFC, it's, it's like the blueprint, you know, where uh, if you're Cincinnati of Andy Dalton and he, you know, took you to the playoffs a few times and Chiefs, you have Alex Smith and he did the same thing. And, you know, for Cincinnati, the wheels came off so badly they got the first pick. But for the Chiefs, obviously, they you know, traded up for Mahomes. But you can see the upside uh, to going into the draft and trying to get a higher-end guy. Uh, and, and that's worked out for both teams. And, in fact, both teams kind of built their defense in a similar way uh, because the quarterback 
you know, w- w- you know, was able to afford them that kind of luxury. On the other side, it's, it's about throwing numbers at the position, right? Where you look at, um, you know, uh, the Eagles, they went and took a second-round pick on uh, Hurts a year after Carson Wentz uh, took the team to the playoffs and, two, you know, two or three years after he took him to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and with the 49ers, Brock Purdy was just kind of an afterthought, you know, uh, adding numbers to a position where they didn't even think that they would have a guy like Jimmy G uh, in the fold come fall, and they had a guy like Trey Lance that they, they, they wanted to be their, their guy. So, yeah, it's different paths, but, um, uh, you know, interesting outcomes for, for all four teams. Eric, we see so often that quarterbacks on a rookie deal who are playing at the same quality as some, you know, more established veterans with these good rosters seem to more often or not be the guys that populate the, the conference title games and maybe even the Super Bowl I just think that's a dangerous way of thinking, though, right? Just because I'd, I'd like to keep my window open if I've got one of these excellent guys because it hasn't worked out to the same degree as being on a rookie deal. What lessons do we take away from that? It's So the, the, hardest, the second hardest problem in, in football is being able to project how good a, co- a quarterback in college is going to be at the pro level. Um, you know, we see, like, Zach Wilson. We see uh, Josh Rosen. You know, we see Baker Mayfield. And yet, at the same time, like Baker Mayfield took his team to the second round of the playoffs on a rookie deal because you can surround him with talent. Uh, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, a year after they were 1-2, uh, both took their teams to 9-7 and seven the following year. Uh, this year you had, uh, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence after the year after being picked first. And you see it in spades with Burrow, how they've been able to build around him and his cheap contract. The second hard, or sorry, the first hardest problem in football is deciding whether or not a quarterback who's been good on a rookie deal, who's been surrounded by a lot of talent because of an inexpensive contract, I think Jalen Hurts is the biggest example of this, is worthy of that $40, $50 million subsequent deal. Um, because, you know, there is no real middle-class quarterback contract anymore. You either are, you know, getting the Baker Mayfield and the Jameis Winston, you know, basically nothing second contract, or you're getting the Kyler Murray $46 million per year contract. And it's as the Cardinals have found out, it's really hard to win once that quarterback makes that kind of money. And yet you're you're supposed to evaluate the quarterback that you have based upon a situation that's much rosier than the one he's going to have when he gets paid. So, you know, I, I hate to see it become a churn and burn league, but unless you have a guy that can you you know can overcome uh, weaknesses along the roster consistently, a guy like Allen, a guy like Mahomes, um, you know. It, unfortunately, like you see with Dallas, like to bring it up, Dallas, you know, Dallas doesn't have the receiving core it used to because they have to pay Dak that much money. And, and, and it, you know, gets to that same conversation every single year with teams that fall a little bit short uh, when they have, you know, a quarterback making better money. So it is really hard, uh, but it, make no mistake since 2012, every single Super Bowl except for one has included a quarterback who is making rookie contract salary uh, or a team that's built around it. The Eagles were built around Wentz, this team, this Niners team, built around Trey Lance, um, you know, that, that is unmistakable that, that it takes that kind of roster construction in many cases to get to the dance. At Eric Eager underscore for our guest, Eric Eager here on G&D. So if you're starting from scratch tomorrow to build a franchise, what path do you go down? Like, in other words, do you go, I just want to make sure I find that bona fide superstar and sort of the rest works out, which is my prescription for the record, but I'm asking you. Or second, do you just go, well, we'll see if we can find one, but really it's about building up as much of a roster around him to kind of try to set him up, whoever it is, up for success. What would your path be? Yeah, it it would be that it would would keep, you know, keep going back into the draft until you find the guy that's the Mahomes. And, you know, I know that that's jarring, but, 
you'd much rather do that than be stuck hanging, you know, holding the bag on Goff if you're the Rams or holding the bag on Wentz if you're the Eagles or Murray if you're the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, I, I would, you know, I would do what I needed to to get one of the young quarterbacks on my team, get him on a rookie deal, uh, build the premium positions around him through uh, trades and through free agency in the draft. And then, you know, if, and again, like this is the hardest part is if I could identify that he would be good without the support around him, then I would, I would sign him to the, any, those, those quarterbacks are worth an infinite amount. Like Patrick Mahomes, you could pay him whatever. And he'd still probably do what he's doing out there as he's proven this year without Tyree kill. But those quarterbacks are few and far between. And it, you know, this is a rough and tumble league and you know, your chances uh, of having success when you don't play it that way uh, categorically are small. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would be my thing. I would churn and burn at the quarterback position until you get that truly, truly, truly elite guy, which I know it's tough to tell people because uh, it's, those guys are, you know, once in a million kind of guys. Eric Eager's with us on Grant and Danny. We're looking ahead to Championship Sunday. 49ers-Eagles, the early game. Bengals-Chiefs going to be your 6.30 nightcap. In the San Francisco-Philadelphia matchup, now, we're getting the two best teams in the conference, really, circuit to circuit, and I can't wait for this game. The Eagles are going to be home favorites. What's your early feel on that game? Because we just saw the 49ers find a way to win a game where Brock Purdy was essentially relegated to passenger, and they had 220-plus explosives. They only managed 19 points, and it wasn't a problem against a good Dallas offense. Philly's obviously on another level running the ball, though. Yeah, I mean the 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 Cowboys have a good defense, right? So there's no shame in having a you know with your third string quarterback not having necessarily the best time of it uh, against the um, uh, against them. Uh, but their defense showed out, and they made you know they made uh, turnovers and they and they made plays at the right time on defense uh, to keep them in, ahead here. Uh, you know they're gonna probably have to have a different game plan against the Eagles because I think there's one way and one way only to beat this Philadelphia team, and that's to get out ahead of them. Uh, if they play from ahead, Philadelphia is able to run the football in, in such a manner that it's just hard to beat them, right? And they take all four down. Sirianni has added about four-fifths of a win above replacement, uh, you know, when it comes to fourth down decisions and all that stuff. You know, when you look at that team, when you're playing from the behind against the Eagles, they just absolutely suffocate you because of how they can run the football and how they use every single down. And they rarely give you the ball back. Uh, you know, without taking significant time off the clock or scoring. So if you're the Niners, you have to get out ahead in this game because when they, you get out ahead, we've seen in games, they struggle, you know, the Indianapolis game, the Washington game. Uh, when 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 Hurts has to be a passing kind of quarterback, that's when he's the fish out of water. So that's really has to be it for San Francisco. You, you know, Shanahan's been great on script this year. You hope, again, that, you know, his scripted plays can get them a touchdown on their first couple drives and, and, and they can be out ahead of this thing. Is Sirianni the most analytically proficient of the four coaches remaining? How does that stack up in terms of maybe it's organizational philosophy over just the coach, but you know, using the advantages of the information we now have? Yeah, the Eagles are the, the most staffed up of the, of the remaining four. Uh, one of my old interns, actually, one of their quantitative analysts. So it's really cool to see him, uh, you know, on his way to possibly winning a ring. But like the you know, they, they are, and they do it on the field. Uh, they do it, they do it uh, when roster constructing as well. The Chiefs are not slouches there either. Uh, and I think the Bengals, um, uh, they, they have, you know, a guy that, that you know, calls into Zach Taylor, um, you know, on fourth downs and stuff like that. 
the Niners, you know, I think Shanahan's a much better play caller than he is a, you know, game manager. He you know, uses too many timeouts and, you know, fourth down decision stuff leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, but, but, you know, none of these teams are terrible in that realm, uh, but the Eagles stand out as a positive. Eric, I'm, I'm a simpleton. And when I, I've, I've grown up in an, in an era, especially being here from DC where I, I have a kind of very simple viewpoint that is quarterbacks need help from a good offensive line. Like that's, that's how, that's how I was raised, right? Given that we had three different quarterbacks win Super Bowls here and it was all about the offensive line and it was, and that was kind of the unit. I've always felt like you have to have that really good relationship where an offensive line has to be good. Cincinnati was missing three offensive linemen, and it wasn't a problem. Not only was it not a problem, it looked like that was an excellent offensive line beating the brakes off of Buffalo. Explain that to me. Help me understand, and then is that something we can carry forward here into this matchup this week and potentially a Super Bowl? Yeah, it's always hard, right, because the, the 2020 Chiefs were 14-2 and two with 60% of their offensive line out, and then when Eric Fisher tore his Achilles, that was 80% of the offensive line, and it went to, it went to crap against the, uh, the Bucks in the Super Bowl. So there's always a breaking point. But I feel like a couple things played into the Bengals' favor on Sunday. A, the weather. It's hard to rush the passer. It's hard to get off quickly uh, when, you know, the, the ground is, is wet in front of you. I also think the Bengals were just simply more physical. And when you look at every time they caught the ball, they didn't shake and bake or anything. They just went upfield. And I think that the Bills, um, you know, were frankly soft. And then the other one is they have three wide receivers that can win in two and a half seconds or less. So you look at Burrow hits his back foot, and one of the three guys is open. And that helps a lot in the passing game when, you know, you, you say, look, you guys only have to hold up for two and a half seconds or less. Like that, that's, that's not as bad of a chore. Um, and, and so I think that all those played into it. I think the Bengals did a great job. In fact, last year's Super Bowl, I thought, against the Rams in the first half of the game, they had similar game plans as far as, getting the ball out of Burroughs' hands quickly, getting guys open early in the down. Um, and they reverted from it in the second half. We saw Aaron Donald you know, almost win MVP. Uh, but that was you know, a big time um, – you know, that was a really good game plan by them, using their strengths, which their strength is wide receivers who can get open early and so they don't have to depend as much on the O-line. Eric Eager on Grant and Danny. I always try to sneak in some analysis on the local team when we get you on, even if we're talking about the playoff clubs that are still alive. Washington's trying to find an offensive coordinator to replace Scott Turner. They're interviewing names like Pat Shermer and Ken Zampezi, among others. And what's your thought on this job and some of the names you're hearing linked to them? There was a report from SI yesterday that Zampezi could be the front runner. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we have experience. When I was at PFF, I experienced with Ken. Um, you know, he's a, a sharp guy. Obviously, he's grown up in the league with his dad uh, being, a, being a coordinator as well. Um, you know, the. the it's hard because you have great, you know, you have an okay offensive line um, and, you know, but you, good talent on the outside of McLaurin, uh, you know, uh, Curtis Samuel. And then, uh, you know, uh, Jahan Dotson was fantastic as a rookie. I think when he was healthy, uh, two running backs that I think are plus players. Um, so there's something there, there, but I, I die of getting a quarterback. And it sounds like Sam Howell is the one that they're going to go with next year. Uh, you know, not the worst prospect in the world, but certainly not somebody that, uh, makes everybody super excited about the prospects in Washington. Like, I think that that's really the thing that, you know, the next person's going to have to, you know, come in and, and, you know, be able to wrestle with. Like, I think Scott Turner is a fine offensive coordinator. I thought he pushed a lot of the buttons, uh, you know, that, that helped them be okay despite quarterback problems over the last few years. Um, but there's only so much you can do at that position. Eric, thank you as always, buddy. Great info, man. Have a great week. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate Check it. out Eric Eager's work, and you can follow him on social at Eric Eager underscore uh, hopping on with us here on Grant and Danny. What's your takeaway from the last four quarterbacks standing and, and 
the idea that in one conference you got maybe the two best in the league, Burrow, a number one pick, Mahomes, a top 10 pick, versus in the other conference, your seventh rounder and your second rounder. San Francisco, to me, is the exception that's proved the rule. And what I mean is, this was not their plan. They poured outrageous amounts of resources, first into acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo, giving him a huge amount of money, then trading away multiple picks over multiple years to acquire Trey Lance and spending a first-round pick on him is to be the difference maker. You never stop throwing things at the position. You never say, we're good, we're all set, to Eric's point, until you have that star. Same thing in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, by rights, shouldn't be there. They should still be trying to figure out if Carson Wentz is the guy or not. But once you know you don't have the bona fide superstar, you keep rolling the dice and you go right back to the marketplace. You find that guy. You don't find leftovers. You don't find garbage. You don't find refuse. All of these guys are with their original teams via the draft. That's my big takeaway. Now, for the most part, I've always advocated top of the board. That's where you're most likely to hit. It's not always the case. Second round for Hertz, and I'm not anointing Purdy yet as the last pick of the draft. But San Francisco, to me, in finding a guy with the very last pick overall, hasn't proven that that's what you do. Tom Brady was a six rounder after all. Blah blah blah. You don't do that. You never stop looking. Is what you do. You never satisfy. You're never satisfied with okay because Jimmy Garoppolo has won a, a bleep ton of games for them. Right? Or he's been the quarterback when they won a bleep ton of games. They knew that wasn't it. They knew that wasn't sustainable. And have been trying to upgrade ever since. Yeah, I guess I look at this Final Four and I feel like I've always felt, which is drafting quarterbacks early is the best way to find your superstar. The best chance to find Patrick Mahomes is to take a quarterback in the top of the first round. The best opportunity you have to go get Joe Burrow is to be picking right at the top of the draft like the Bengals were when they got him at 1-1. But I would also say that there are lots of ways to win. There is not any one way. There are processes that I like and that I often advocate for on these airwaves, whether that's being throw first or throwing on first down. I think what I would prefer is a team with a process that follows the guidelines of what most often wins. Like That's a good practice. That's a good process. Uh-huh. Is As we've talked about on this show today, Winning a championship is hard. You could do everything right. You don't just get to win a title. Drew Brees, one championship. Aaron Rodgers, one championship. Dan Marino, zero championships. Having the best quarterback and a really good offense and calling passing plays on the right downs at a high rate, it gives you a great opportunity, but there are plenty of ways to win. You can be run first, and you can win. You can have a seventh-round quarterback, and you can win. If you surround that quarterback, Brock Purdy, with unbelievable weapons, and the number one defense in the league. Or you could do it Kansas City's way. Kansas City couldn't survive uh, a season without Patrick Mahomes and keep winning in the way that San Francisco could unplug Purdy, plug Garoppolo back in, and probably keep winning in the playoffs. Very, very different organization. So I I think that's an important thing to remember is that there are lots of ways to win. If you look at team quarterback cap hit rankings this year of the four teams remaining, the Chiefs are number two with Mahomes' number. The 49ers are number nine, which is kind of hilarious because that's a Garoppolo and Lance, not a Purdy thing, but they are number nine in the top 10. That's allocated funds to the quarterback position. Burrow's still on a rookie deal. The Bengals spend the 22nd most money at quarterback. And the Eagles, believe it or not, are 30th out of 32 teams in what they spend at quarterback because their starter is not only on a rookie deal, but also a non-first-round rookie deal, which is even more valuable, right? Will a top three paid quarterback win a Super Bowl this year in Patrick Mahomes? It has never happened before. Think about that. Yeah. 
We talk about go get Rodgers, go get Mahomes, go get Brady. A top three paid quarterback in cap, percentage of cap that year, meaning what you can't spend at other positions, has never won the Super Bowl. Ever. And if the Chiefs do it this year, it'll be the first time. The current starter rank in terms of cap, Mahomes number two, Burrow number 18, Hurts number 53, and Brock Purdy number 80. It is easier to win paying less to your quarterback and having an amazing team around them. Makes sense, right? If that quarterback's awesome. When Roethlisberger got paid huge money, the Steelers stopped winning. When Russell Wilson got paid massive money, Seattle was no longer the same. We know this. Give me Mahomes, give me Burrow, and then I'll just keep paying those guys and I'll take my chances. Because it's going to happen, whether this year or next year. You can't let Joe Burrow walk, but... If you're asking me, is there a way to win without having those guys? Well, it's, it's all, it's one really to this point is, is these guys before they get the huge contracts. But I think there's a fun conversation to, to dive deeper into next, and we can open up the phones on the way forward at quarterback as it pertains to drafting at the top of the board, spending big on a free agent, seeing what you get out of Sam Howell, and how this year's postseason kind of shapes how you feel if it does it all. You can hit us up, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Keep going back into the draft until you find the guy that's the Mahomes. And, you know, I know that that's jarring, but 
you'd much rather do that than be stuck hanging, you know, holding the bag on Goff if you're the Rams or holding the bag on Wentz if you're the Eagles or Murray if you're the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, I, I would, you know, I would do what I needed to to get one of the young quarterbacks on my team, get him on a rookie deal, uh, build the premium positions around him through uh, trades and through free agency in the draft. And then, you know, if, and again, like this is the hardest part is if I could identify that he would be good without the support around him, then I would, I would sign him to the, any, those, those quarterbacks are worth an infinite amount. And, and so, yeah, that, that would be my thing. I would churn and burn at the quarterback position until you get that truly, truly, truly elite guy, which I know is tough to tell people because uh, it's, those guys are, you know, once in a million kind of guys. That's Eric Eager who just joined us on Grant and Danny. Welcome back. You're listening to The Fan. I agree with 95% of that answer. The part I have a hard time with is this growing belief in football and really in the analytics community. And I admire uh, people because it's just good information Mm -hmm. who are in that community. But the idea is becoming if you don't have Mahomes or Allen or Burrow, you should stop trying. I mean, really, like... This came out last year, and I still remember, it doesn't matter who, but I remember on the Junkies, they had a guest from PFF, which is one of my favorite sites to to get information from. They do a great job. But he said something along the lines coming into the football season of, like, if you don't have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes after watching that AFC Championship game last year, when they went division round, whatever that was, when they went back and forth before uh, the winner, Kansas City played Cincinnati. If you don't have one of those guys, you just have to, you, you have no chance, basically, so just keep trying to find that guy. And what you just heard there from Eric was a watered-down version of that. Like, if you have Trevor Lawrence, then, you should still be drafting other quarterbacks until you find Mahomes. If you have, go down the next tier to the bottom of the top ten. Your Kyler Murrays or your Cousins or your um, Dak or whoever. Like, that you should always just be still using your first-round pick on quarterback. And I know that sounds silly to, to take it to that extreme, but it it doesn't have to be that way. Like th- there are multiple ways to do it. Yes, it, would I rather have Patrick Mahomes than anyone else, or Joe Burrow, or Josh Allen? Of course, of course. But they don't exist. Though, so the idea of just like let's keep trying to find that guy. There might be none of those guys. I'm not saying don't try, but if you have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert or if you're San Francisco, like they shouldn't use their first round pick this year on a quarterback. They got a pretty good thing going right now. Like keep walking that path. I think the way I interpret it though is slightly different. I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and, and it makes a lot of sense to me. To me, it's the beware of the fallacy and don't pay Jared Goff. Don't pay Carson Wentz. Don't pay Matt Ryan. Don't pay fill in the blank quarterback. Dak Prescott's another great one. 40 million bucks. You're going to be disappointed. Not that these guys are bad, right? They're not bad. A couple of them I, I might think are bad. I joke around, but you don't pay those guys $35, $40 million because then you're doomed. You're, you're basically saying we're so afraid of finding the next guy on an affordable deal, we have to pay for pretty good, but that costs elite. If you have elite, you never worry about it. Aaron Rodgers costs $50 million a year, fine. Pat Mahomes costs forty six, fine. I cannot wait but, to write so that how check. how many guys can you pay then? I mean, in other words, it's easy to say pay Mahomes, who, by the way, has won nothing since he got paid. Now, I'm not that guy who holds that against him. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that says it's really hard to win, and all that guy is is outstanding. He's the best quarterback in the league. But 
It's not like Dak Prescott is the only one that hasn't won anything since getting paid. Neither have the unicorns that we're talking about. Totally. Josh Allen just got eliminated again and has not gotten to a Super Bowl yet. Mahomes yeah. hasn't won one. He's an MVP candidate. I think uh, there's a difference between that and and Carson Wentz getting Dak was an MVP candidate when he was 37 and 10 in his career year. You know, people were were saying coming into the season that if he didn't regress like Cousins if he threw 40 touchdowns would be an MVP candidate. I, I don't know. The MVP candidate's good, I guess. I guess my point is who can you pay? Yeah, it's a how, good how rhetorical many, like question. Trevor Lawrence, we we can't pay him. I'll pay him probably. I okay. mean, we we now, but again, if he has a terrible year, year next year, we can revisit. He's entering year three, but, but you know, I'll pay Burrow when it's time. But the the guys that like have demonstrated the highest level. I mean, we talked about this with with Cousins an awful lot when he was you know when they were on the free agent stuff and whatever. Said so if he's there were four or three tiers really we needed to worry about. If he was terrible, then the team was right. Great. No problem. You cut bait, and that's the end. If he was great, no problem. You, you you signed him to whatever deal. If he was pretty good or even good, then you're in trouble because the market says you must pay him like he's great, and you're not going to get great. You're going to get pretty damn good, and that's that's a death sentence to me. That basically means that you could no, you no longer really have a chance. So that's how I interpret what Eric's talking about. Okay, and that's fine. What I would say to that is the flip side of that argument is here, where they chose not to do that. And since then, they have started guys like Josh Johnson Absolutely. and Mark Sanchez, and they have had a bottom three, if I'm being positive and, and being pro Heineke or something. Bottom two. <laughs> bottom yes. five quarterback situations it's terrible. While the guy that you can't win with because he makes $35 million and isn't a unicorn has had top seven production in the league o- over that time and hasn't not won because of him necessarily because of how the quarterback play works. Now, I guess the point is, well, their defense is terrible because he makes too much money or something. Maybe that would be the argument. And I think there's some legitimacy in fairness that. To, yeah. to that. But my, my point is, like, we're saying these guys, the, the Dak Prescott contract guys don't win. No one who is an MVP perennially after they've got paid has won either so far. It's going to happen. But it's not going to be the norm that Patrick Mahomes just wins. I'm 10 trying rings. to come up with a good rule because I know exactly what you're saying. It's these are. I think it's an indisputable thing. I'm saying like, like this, the, the, like, this is a bad comp. Okay, but you're being you're saying like <clears throat> I'm just going to use us. Like you're like, hey man, you're super fat. Like no one who's that fat runs a mile under four minutes. And I'm going actually, Danny, fast people don't run miles under four minutes either. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, I don't want to agree to that because now it's like now I'm calling you names and stuff. Well, but I know what you fat. mean. It's yeah, very I, fun. I know what you mean. But like the, the the to say like no one's ever won. Aaron Rodgers hasn't won. Is that all because Aaron Rodgers is 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 not that good or did Green Bay screw up a bunch but, of but times? But you could say the same thing about some of the quarterbacks you're pointing. I, to. I guess I am. But like to me, there's a, there's a line where there's a, there's an a, there's an above and then a below. And my point is, I think Eager's point is. It's really dangerous to pay the below. The above, the line guys that are honest-to-goodness superstars that you ha- you're going to win 13 games a year just because you have them. You could screw everything else up, which I think Green Bay has. A, a million a million times over, you've got Aaron Rodgers. He makes it okay. Like he'll ma- And this year is kind of the exception. But f- throughout his prime, as he's Prime one of the highest-paid guys, yeah. make it 35, 40 as the, as the cost goes up. Of course you do that. And you didn't. the idea you didn't win because you paid Aaron Rodgers – I don't know if I buy that. Okay, but Aaron Rodgers, I just think it's so much more complicated than because you had Aaron Rodgers, dot, dot, dot. This year, 
after two straight MVP appearances, mm-hmm. take Devontae Adams away. Pretty much the same team otherwise. Yep. He didn't get old all of a sudden, right? He was the MVP the last two years. What happened? You know, I'm not telling you that Aaron Rodgers is created by Devontae Adams, but I am saying it's a big damn difference it when helps, you have yeah. Devontae Adams. You fu- that was and one you, too you many. You give Aaron Rodgers $50 million bucks, mm-hmm. and you say, oh, now we got to trade Devontae Adams, but it's okay. We'll draft Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And how'd that work out for it you? Put, not well, because it puts pressure on, you know, if you if you pay a guy $50 million bucks, you got to get everything else right. And when they didn't, now this is where you are. I think that's fair. I don't disagree with the idea, by the way, of like the line of demarcation and the threshold. Uh-huh. I, I just think spending a lot of money at quarterback makes it harder, period. It goes without saying. And I would even separate the Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Trio from everyone else in the sport right now. Because I'm with you that I think those guys are wave of one quarterbacks. Like Rodgers was at his apex, mm-hmm. right? But it is not lost on me that the quarterback who routinely took pay cuts or less than market throughout his career is also the guy that happens to have won the most Super Bowls in Tom Brady. Yep. He's the one superstar quarterback, to his credit, who never really played the give-me-every-penny-max-me-out game. And there's something to be said for the fact that he won the most. Is that Belichick? Is I think he's also had great fortune. I think there's a lot of things that play into it. So what what is the stat exactly that about payroll and quarterbacks? Guys that have never is it the t- if you're top ten in payroll you haven't won one. Is it, what's what's I the number? I don't know what the exact. I think there's a very limited number of top ten. Yeah, I know that no one in the top three has ever won one. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Right. Because I'm just um, thinking like Matt Stafford was a free agent was a huge money quarterback last exactly. year. That that was worth doing. I mean, every, of the, course. the Rams are like, yep, sign me up. Peyton Manning in 2013. You know, going to uh, going to Denver whenever it was. That that's something you you should do every time. So you, you may be right that it's uh, whatever the number is. I'm not doubting it. But if it's top two, top three, top five, I don't know. But the idea that a high priced Hall of Fame caliber quarterback going somewhere is still I'm to just me the saying, right thing. When you pay quarterbacks, it gets a lot. It is harder. harder. It's right. not a coincidence that you pay Russell Wilson, and now Seattle can't win another Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. he's eventually gone. You pay Ben Roethlisberger, who's been to a couple of title games, and they don't get back to the Super Bowl after that. Like, All yes, true. It gets harder, and I would make the case that those guys at one point in time were in the club that you're forming behind. Uh-huh. You left them behind the velvet rope, That's right? right. So it's, I think it gets harder for everyone. I'm, I'm not saying you should pay Derek Carr or or, or uh, that it, it's you shouldn't pay Joe Burrow. Like, there's a difference between those two guys. I understand that. Matt Ryan, by the way, his cap hit last year for the Rams, I believe, was like $13 million. I'm pretty sure, based on what I'm looking at right here. It was $20 million this year. It becomes $49 million next year. Ryan for the Colts, you mean? I said Matt Ryan. I meant Matt Stafford. Stafford, yeah. Matt Stafford, in the Super Bowl year for the Rams, I believe, cost them $13.5 million. There you go. I was looking at it now. The, his AAV is 40 So I'm like, right. it must have been pretty well, expensive. Well, that's because he's supposed to make $49 million in 2024 and $50 million in 2025. Yeah, there you go. Which he'll probably never see, for good reason. Mm-hmm. But unless this number on Spotchak is wrong, this has his cap hit in 2022 at $13.5 That's pretty good production for that. <laughs> Jeez yeah. Louise, you kidding me? You know what it does is it allows you to bring in Odell Beckham and pay Aaron Donald and have Jalen Ramsey yep. and do all the Von things Miller they did and everybody else that were every bit as responsible of them winning a Super Bowl as you know Stafford, who was really good, no doubt. But if the 49ers win with Brock Purdy, doesn't that say something too? It says like, something. 
they've got the best defense. They've got a great running game. They've got a terrific schemer. They've got uh, an elite weapon at wide receiver and at tight end and at running back. They've got all pros at all three levels of their defense. They still, by the way, are top 10 in quarterback salary this year. Because be the allocation of resources with because Garoppolo, of Garoppolo and, Lance, yeah. and Lance. But they'll have won, my point is, with a guy. you got to get 21 things, not only right, totally, but so right that it negates anything else. It's a lot easier to not have to do it that yeah. way. But is it easier to find Patrick Mahomes? That's, that's the flip I'm side. I'm not convinced. And I, I just go back to the beginning of the conversation with the eager point of, you should always be trying to find Mahomes or Allen. If you don't have them, it doesn't matter who you have. you, you got to try to find them. Look around us. Yeah, there but, aren't many. But but, but I, I mean, here, this is the same thing that happened here. How did it work out? Would they have been better off going the path they were going or the way that they did it? The, well, the, the way they did it was bad. terrible when you do nothing but journeyman. Eager and I would say, the instant you say, I don't have the guy for the future, draft again. I don't have the guy for the draft again. You never enter the Case Keenum marketplace. You never go with the the, the leftover okay, tier. Okay, but the one time that they did draft a quarterback in the top half of the first it round. It went badly. It was a, a disaster. Yes. But I, I suppose if they would have done it four or five times, it could have worked out. Or you could have drafted or Herbert. it could have been you, bad you were, four you were, or five times. You were in that spot to draft Herbert or two. I mean, to me, yeah, it's... I, I will say this. No team in the top five who's not already operated by a top 10 quarterback should ever pass on a quarterback. Like that, that is, I, I, I think that's a fact. To me, the axiom is if you've got one and you're sure of it, then you trade the pick and get a bunch. If you don't have one, you take one. Yeah, I think that part is a lock. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in on Grant and Danny. Double play coming your way next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. We got a blitz at 4 o'clock. That is in about 20 minutes. And at that time, we're giving away a four-pack of passes to go to the D.C. Auto Show over at the D.C. Convention Center. You're listening to The Fan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Four o'clock, top of the hour. We're going blitzing. And at 425, what was your number one takeaway from the football you watched this weekend as we look ahead to the conference championship games on Sunday? Rumors abound about Aaron Rodgers maybe being on the block and possibly being dealt this offseason, by the way. When we get into that a little bit later on, you got Peter King weighing in now. When you start to get some of the the heavyweights, so to speak. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the guys that are really credible, saying this actually might have some legs, it moves the needle a little bit. So we'll talk about that as we continue today on Grant and Danny. But it is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. You know I'm a sucker for it, Jeeps. If you present to me, hey, Danny, I'd say hi back. And you go, hey, I got this documentary. It's on Netflix. It's about a sport you're not interested in. Where we're going to get behind-the-scenes access interviews, we're going to chronicle stars, people trying to make it, everything in between. We'll put it on television and you can watch them whenever you want. I'm signing up. The best one of these, of course, maybe the best thing Netflix has ever done. It's up there with Narcos, Godless, Stranger Things, some of the elite programs of the last generation. F1 Drive to Survive. It's incredible. Did I don't you care. finally check it out? I've, I've told you about it. Let's, Just, let's go. Let's never pretend otherwise that I told you for years, and then you finally did it. I have been trying to get you to watch that show forever. I'm you just are glad lying you to people. You're lying. I don't care about Formula One. I think dry, I think racing cars is silly, but that show is unbelievable. You steamed up for the 500 coming up soon. I'm not, but I can't wait to watch the documentary about it a year from now. Can't wait to watch the season about it. The Chronicles it. I won't check it out in real time. There is a, a new like hard knock style show about NASCAR. Oh yeah, might get you in on old that Jones boy. Yeah, I don't know about that, but let me present to you the latest in this genre of documentary. It's called Breakpoint. I've not watched a match of tennis in decades. Decades. Growing up in the '80s, it was a big deal. Right, everybody from Jimmy Connors to John McEnroe, then you know Michael Chang and uh, even Lindell and Pete Sampras. And tennis used to be a really fun thing. I used to watch it. It used to be a big deal. I said I used to be a big deal. It's not true. It used to be a big deal. I turned it off and haven't watched tennis. I think in twenty some years, men's, women's, none of it. I don't care. Breakpoint chronicling tennis players, outstanding television. I never heard of Nick Kyrgios or Kyrgios or Kyrgios or Kyrgios. I don't know what his name is. He's Australian. He is a bad boy. He is a pain in the butt who throws giant temper tantrums when things don't go well. He yells at everybody, but the fans seem to like him because he's Australian. I've only watched one episode. Hooked. Completely hooked. This show. This genre of show that F1 started. And all these other leagues are like, hey, we're obscure and nobody cares about us. Here's what we'll do. We'll do documentaries to make people give a damn. I'm telling you, I'm in. Breakpoint, seven and a half out of ten carbohydrates, but I'm very early. Only one episode in. I'm just glad you finally watched Drive to Survive. Uh, my double play. I'm eating a pickle right now. Yeah. Pickles. Pickles. Are delicious. Delicious. Nice, salty, almost a crunchy. How could you? How could something be this wet and soft and yet crunchy? There's a snap to it. I like a good snap on my pickle. So uh, 
There you go. Pickles are good. I got some numbers sent to me by one of our listeners at Grant H. Paulson on Twitter on the quarterback thing we were talking about. So these are just various tweets, I guess, that he found. But he said, no team has won the Super Bowl with a quarterback making more than 12.6% of the salary cap. So if you look at the four guys remaining, Mahomes makes 17%, Burrow 4%, Hurts 0.7%, and Purdy 0.3%. So three of the four teams left, their quarterback makes up less than 5% of their salary cap. I think that's pretty telling. Uh, then you, And by the way, I, I, the Chiefs could win the whole thing. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And if Mahomes didn't have a hurt leg, then I would expect him and them to do that. No team this century has won the Super Bowl, again, at 12.25% or more in terms of quarterbacks. Mahomes and the Chiefs are trying to break the mold. If you look at percentages right now that are over that moving forward for 2023, Mahomes is going to be at 20% of Kansas City's cap. Dak Prescott's going to be at 21% of Dallas's cap. Josh Allen, 17.5%. This is where the big jump happens. Mm-hmm. This year, he accounted for 7.8%, which is why I think a lot of people thought... This was the year. Hey, yep. this is the window. It jumps up to 17%. Uh, then you've got Cousins at 16%. I'm guessing there's... You know, they've been restructuring. He's been right around 14 and a half. But if, if they don't do anything, that's 16%. That's over that threshold. That is not ideal for Minnesota. Then you've got Aaron Rodgers at 13.9%, which is before... The huge big spike coming, yeah. Really kicks in for him. But if you're going to trade for him, you got to do it now because you get him at that. It's still over the the anyone's won a Super Bowl threshold, which shouldn't be the you know the rule, the end all be all. But it is telling, I would say. And then if you look at you know the teams that are in a little bit more of a healthy situation, it's younger quarterbacks. Herbert next year, three point seven percent of the cap. Lawrence next year for the Jags, four point four percent. Tua for the Dolphins, four point two percent. Burrow, even next year, 5.06%. But, I mean, he's about to get all of the money. All of it. Just every penny laying around. Jalen Hurts next season will still only make up 2% of the Eagles' salary cap. Mm-mm-mm. You think they're in a good spot they're or They're in a very good spot. You get elite-level MVP-caliber production from a non-first-round quarterback. You have found the answer key. And you're walking in to take your test with no one monitoring What's in your hand? It's, it's, it's a whole new world for you. Beltway Blitz coming your way top of the hour on Grant and Danny. Remember, at 6 o'clock, Candace Buckner on the Wizards trade sending Rui Achimura out west to the Lakers. And after an idle night in D.C. sports, we got the Wiz and the Caps to preview before we get out of here today. G&D on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 